Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everybody. Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. Got Brad Olson back again. Uh, absolutely incredible author. He has helped me. He's been all, he's all over the world. <laughs> and uh, it's, it, it's truly amazing, Brad, all the information. I just saw you with uh, Laura Eisenhower uh, just recently, and I'd love to have her on too so we could go deep because I got some rabbit holes in that area as well. So we, we could all have a lot of fun there. You know, we've, we've had uh, conferences where uh, you led you know, the discussion and, you know, there's, there's some good stuff out there. So, uh, tell us what you've been up to. And, uh, I know you were just at, uh, Burning Man. So kind of give us a little, uh, rundown of what happened with that. Sure. Yeah. We're happy to, uh, connect you with Laura Eisenhower. We're all in the big CCC publishing family together. So, uh, okay. definitely want to uh, talk about your new book, uh, Awakening of a Warrior coming out, uh, at, the beginning of this month, October 1st release date, and Laura's new book, Awakening to the Truth Frequency, is due out this spring. So uh, we're doing a lot of awakening here, and it was an awakening of uh, Burning Man. Boy, I couldn't believe the press coverage of that event, making it out to be this national emergency, and the Nevada National Guard were called out. No, they weren't. It was no emergency. It was a big nothing burger. What I think it really was, Michael, was a distraction from the Maui event, which was definitely a national disaster and which uh, this was just a convenient way to blame it on climate change and say, oh, well, now look what's going on at Burning Man. It's raining. Oh, gosh, you know, it rains in the world, doesn't it, sometimes? (laughs) What a big silly story when I got and we just drove right out of there on Tuesday morning. The roads were dry the next day. Yeah, I had rained up I don't know that peak weekend of Labor Day. And I'll tell you, Michael, I, I didn't even think I was going until a few days before. And a friend of mine just scored some cheap tickets and made me an offer I couldn't refuse. But I was watching the chemtrail activity on Wednesday. At- ranch you know i live out here in burning man country and then on thursday we drove up and and got in and they were still him trailing the hell out of the skies uh including those frequency clouds i call them the ripply clouds which are created from the harp so i think this was uh, this was another weather uh event that was created and it was interesting you you mentioned uh the comparison with woodstock right 1969 and there were there were people saying, hey, what are they doing cloud seeding here? So this technology has been around for decades. And in yeah. 1969, in the Vietnam War, Operation Popeye, which was to flood out the Viet Cong in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam to try to flood all those tunnels. And so I see the parallels with uh, these big mega events and uh, geoengineering and I was an eyewitness up on the ground to say that, yeah, they're definitely spraying in the days before this uh, huge rainstorm came. And uh, when it when it hit on Friday night, I happened to uh, be across uh, with, with another camp, these guys from Switzerland, 
And they had on their, um, they had really good radar watching this storm come all the way up from the south, just like the uh, typhoon hurricane a few weeks before, unprecedented storm event. And that too had a lot of the signatures of geoengineering. But these storms that came and hit Burning Man, Matt, it was like uh, throwing a dart and hitting the bullseye. I mean, it couldn't have been more precise right up there to the Black Rock Desert. So I think there was some skull drudgery involved with some geoengineering there. And of course, I cover geoengineering in my book, Beyond Esoteric. So you know what I'm talking about and have a lot of links and evidence for that. So I I know you've been involved in uh you know doing concerts as well in um uh San Francisco, uh you do you do some events over there right? Yeah, I produce the How Weird Street Fair. It's more electronic music, but we have performers. We're doing our next event in just about a month on October fourteenth, downtown nice. San Francisco. So okay, very good. Got that very going good. on. <laughs> and you've been to Burning Man. All I heard I heard you in that show all the way back to nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Wow. So you've been around this stuff for a while now. I have. So I, I get that, you know, NSA and those Intel types, uh, fund some of these things. Uh, and that's so that they can kind of keep an eye on, you know, what the drug use is, maybe distribute a few drugs and see how they're utilized and, uh, the effects they have and so forth. Now we, we heard that one little thing where they said there was, uh, you know, the, the, the bleeding disease that, uh, you know, happening there. So, you know, Ebola. are they are they Ebola, whatever? Are they planning the seed for that eventual outcome? What do you think? Well, we all know that predictive programming is right. well employed in the media and and other avenues, advertising. Look, remember uh, the the Maui burst, Mountain Dew, do the Dew. Yeah, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. They're just so in your face with it sometimes. But as far as uh, planting drugs, well, this also goes back to the 1960s in the summer of love. And, you know, I lived in um, San Francisco for many years. And, of course, hey, that's where, yeah. the event, yeah, not far from there. And then, and then in the 60s, there was this character named Owsley who never got busted, but he distributed thousands of hits of LSD. And they were the best quality and now it's it's seen that uh, Owsley was an operative for the CIA or or these mind control programs, including MK Ultra. And what they wanted to do was a mass dosing of the people to see if they could be steered away from going to anti-war protests and yeah. just be peace, love, and drugs. Just forget about the war. Just blow your mind out with drugs and, and keep on partying. But don't go to those anti-war protests which, of course, were also blowing up at the time in the 1960s in Berkeley and San Francisco and elsewhere. So they've been doing these mass medications for quite a long time. Now, at Burning Man, it's kind of a different scenario. You're, you're sort of insulated with the group you come with, and people are very suspicious of anyone saying, hey, man, where can I get drugs? Or, hey, here, I'm handing them out. People would really laugh them out the door. It's not quite the same as the summer of love, just Owsley giving away uh, hundreds of doses at an outdoor party. So um, I don't know if it had the same kind of effect to try to do that at Burning Man, but um, wouldn't be surprised. Although I, I wasn't 
nobody uh, made any offers to me. I didn't hear anybody doing that. Mm-hmm. But they, they do send around uh, undercover agents, which sure. go into people's camps and, and say, hey, man, we're going to get some E. Or you guys got acid. You look cool. I've seen that before. Yeah. And we just basically laugh them out of the camp. So <laughs> nothing there. Yeah. So uh, when when I was in the SEAL teams, uh, I had this uh, master chief that was in, in charge of one of the platoons I was in. And he told us a story of how uh, there was a couple of um, uh, SEALs at the time that were coming back from Vietnam, uh, and they were smuggling um, drugs in the scuba bottles, and they got busted. And uh, they ended up spending some time in a penitentiary, and they were like, you know, they they te- they stood by each other. Anyone that messed with them, they like, you know, went beat their ass. And so they were they 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 made it through that 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 was the story. So now we know that, you know, Vietnam was basically uh, a drug source, just like we saw, uh, I saw it. In fact, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, uh, they were using the military to transport drugs again, you know, uh, the opium again. So it's the same thing. Uh, and we saw the opium use uh, explode here in the United States uh, during the Afghanistan war. And we saw it explode during the time frame of the Vietnam War. So now we're having another war. Uh, that it's being spun up in uh, Ukraine. So what what do you think is going to happen with that? Are they're, they're going to like you know come after the people that are protesting the war there like they did for the last wars? Boy, Ukraine, what a mess. What what a hub of trafficking of all different kinds, including hard drugs. I just saw today that they're sending out letters to all the Ukrainians in the country of Ireland and attempting to repatriate the men who are of uh, recruitment age to join the Ukrainian military and, and probably get slaughtered within a week or two. Uh, so it's not going very well over there. I, I can't see this lasting too much longer. But what it's going to do is cut off the supply line. Ukraine has been the underground cash cow for this cabal, this Kazarian mafia, which, by the way, the the country of Kazaria was the Ukraine. It's funny how uh, history doesn't doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And so there's a battle over this area once again to control the trade. And, and in ancient Kazaria in 1100 AD, they were attacking the caravans that were traveling along the Silk Route. And so they were also smuggling different uh, things in and out of the east to the west. And uh, it's funny how these things stay the same. Opium again, yeah, from uh, China. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the uh, the Brits uh, basically want to control that trade. Uh, so Queen Elizabeth, or no, Queen Victoria, she turned out to be the biggest drug lord in the world at the time uh, mm-hmm. by, you know, seizing Hong Kong uh, and making sure that the, the opium wars, as they were called, uh, went in the in the direction of the Chinese had to pay for the opium with silver. So that enriched uh, England and helped them become, you know, the leader of the world at the time for quite some time after that. So there there's all these different things that, you know, drugs. I, I didn't realize uh, drugs were uh, that big of a thing. I knew that human trafficking was and I knew that uh, the American military uh, had uh, drug, you know, um, discovery labs there so if you can call them that uh so there there's lots of things that are going up so what what do you what do, what do you hear about the uh the drug trafficking 
You mean in the Ukraine? Right, right. Well, just that, that there's no old bar. They'll do anything for money, uh, bring in hard drugs. Of course, we all know that Afghanistan was one of the biggest poppy fields in the That's world. Right. And the the Taliban, they outlawed it. They said, T- pull out all the poppy fields. Funny, when the Americans came in, those fields came back up and they've since uh, now cracked down again. So that's cutting into the opium trade. But then you also have the Golden Triangle, which is in Southeast Asia, which is uh, Thailand, Burma, and Laos. And that is still a major supply network for the heroin junkies of the world. So it's still continuing. And then when you have the black market trade, such as going on in um, Ukraine, then surely uh, heavy hard drugs are going to follow through that pipeline as well. Yeah. That, we, we've talked a little bit about, uh, I believe we have uh, Tartaria in the past. Uh, somebody just mentioned it in the chat. So I kind of like PQ'd my, uh, my interest in where you're at. Cause we just, and I've heard stories of they crashed the dams and they flooded out the cities and all kind of crazy stuff. Uh, it's, it's kind of, it'd be kind of interesting because I think they built up the, kind of like we're doing now, built up the high tech, maybe they built it up to a, a very nice level. And then these, these controllers of the world, uh, crept back up and, and basically crashed that, uh, system down. And then, you know, the, the world fairs, uh, that we had were basically some of that civilization that was still there and they came in and had to dynamite, uh, these world fairs and, uh, they, Supposedly, they they had built them uh, in a in a and within a year, and then they came in and dynamited them, uh, destroyed them. This gets very very uh, very very suspect. And we we've, we've seen pictures of like these huge cities that the cultures of that time couldn't have built, and mm-hmm. but they were like massive cities, and there's no one in them. They're like empty, and it's uh it's very strange. What what are your thoughts on that? Is that going to happen? Are they going to try and do that again? Because just recently in Libya, we just saw uh, some dams go down and just just blow through some towns. So that kind of like sparked my, oh, are they going to try this again? Because I could see them, you know, blowing up Hoover Dam and blowing up the uh, the dam in uh, China. And so what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, <laughs> to take it out of dam like the Three Gorges Dam in China, boy, that would... Uh have a devastating effect on millions of people downstream. Isn't it interesting that China is creating these ghost cities? There are entire cities that can house hundreds of thousands of people, but hardly anybody lives there. So it's almost like China is anticipating a relocation of people or the the, the company Evergrande, the big Chinese real estate developer, just declared bankruptcy. Maybe they did just overbuild. But as far as Tataria, I'm kind of half in on that one, Michael. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that there are old civilizations and, and there has been cover-ups. I do a presentation at conferences about the the megaliths and, and the uh, polygonal architecture. And there's certainly not a lot known about these earlier uh, cedar civilizations that existed, that had a kind of technology that was able to move these megaliths that we're still playing catch up today. But the part about the uh, World's Fair, and and I've been, I grew up in Chicago, so I've been out to the Museum of Science and Industry, which is a relic of, of the one of those World Fairs. So not all those buildings got demolished. The nice ones stuck around, just like the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. 
And I do know that they were built just as a temporary display. Now you got to understand this is in the year be- the years before television and and the internet. Of course, this is back in the late 19th century when people really didn't have all that much to do. So when a World's Fair would be announced in a city, people would take vacations. They would travel far to go see these places. In the case of uh, San Francisco, they laid the landfill after the uh, earthquake in uh, 1906, and they had a lot of uh, material to to put down in some of these shallow bays in San Francisco. And so in the Marina District, where the Palace Fine Arts is, they created these temporary buildings. And for the most part, they were not meant to stand. And so some of them got torn down. And in the case of the Palace Fine Arts, it was such a beautiful structure. It was not built to last, but it was so nice and people loved it so much that they rebuilt it in its original uh, design just so it would stand in the park that it's it's at today. So some of that is just not true. And then another aspect of, of Teteria that people claim with these old buildings of the World's Fair, look, you know I love maps and I'm pouring over maps all the time whenever I take a trip down to Antarctica, do a whole presentation on the maps because it's so profound. I've been looking at maps of old San Francisco uh, before it was built. You would think that the original map builders would have seen these buildings, right? And made an indication. Uh, They're not there. So they were temporary structures and just added in. So that's kind of my take on on the World's Fair. And I've been to uh, St. Louis where they did a World's Fair, also Balboa Park in San Diego. Yeah. And those two, there are some buildings that were really nice. That's they re, re uh, formulated uh, the design to stand, but for the most part, these were all just temporary uh, structures that were put up for this these events, which were a big, big deal back then. So of course, they built them on a grandiose scale and used the kind of architecture, the Greco-Roman style of architecture, which is was very popular back in that day. And you still see a lot of buildings that were built in that time that are still standing in many of these cities as well. Excellent. And, you know, a lot of those cities uh, here in Tampa, there's there's Underground City and Seattle. I know there's uh, Underground City. Uh, it's pretty much all over, all over the world. There's Underground Cities where, where basically uh, they started building on top of the, the old structures. It could have been from uh, you know, some kind of catastrophe, earthquakes or something. But a lot of these cities have uh, underground cities. Atlanta has an underground city, on and on and on. Uh, some of them are, are very, very elaborate. And some people have come across what they think are, you know, high-tech uh, stuff that was covered up. What, what, do, you th- what do you think about the, uh, the underground cities? Well, that that's a whole other ball of wax. And yeah, for sure. Well, we already know that there are over 130 deep underground military bases in the United States alone. That number is probably closer to 200 now because they have these uh, subterrain atomic-powered digging devices that basically go in and really never come out. And they can, they can uh, with nuclear power, they're able to vitrify the rock, mm-hmm. create glass uh, liners, around these tunnels that they're building and no tailing mounds. There's there's nothing. They just basically uh, eviscerate the dirt, mud, and stone as these things travel along. I investigated one in uh, 
wine country. Mm. So there was a news story, I think it was in the 1990s, of one of these giant subterranean vehicles traveling up through Napa Valley. It was in the Napa Sentinel. People can look it up and still see this news story. And then it went up the Oakville grade, which is basically the road that connects Sonoma County to Napa County. So I went out there about two years ago and investigated where could this big giant subterrain machine have gone? And I found the location. You'll find this really interesting, Michael. So we're walking around, we're kind of investigating. It's a big scar on the mountain right at the top of the Oakville grade. There's an old, or there's a uh, fire station that was not in use. So we're kind of walking around it. So I put out, take out my camera to start filming. My camera didn't work. And, and I was like, well, that's weird. I mean, it's on, uh, but, but the camera part didn't work. As soon as we got about a quarter mile away, it started working again. So I, I brought it up with uh, Carrie Cassidy and she said, oh yeah, they have that technology. They can block uh, cameras from working yeah, man, in identity. Yeah. And so they're, they're still doing that up on the Oakville grade. I, I uh, mm. would suggest anybody in Northern California, go up and check that out. Cause that, that machine entered to create this underground base in wine country there. And it never came out. So these things will, are on a one-way trajectory. They'll just stay down there and keep digging and digging and digging. So th this is something that definitely is an esoteric subject. I do an underground basis chapter in my book, Future Esoteric. And people need to realize that there's a whole world down there that's been created in this continuity of government. That is, after World War II, they thought, well, gosh, now the Soviets have nuclear bombs and China. If we were in a full exchange... We have to protect our government. And there's actually a second White House uh, just behind Pikes Peak in Colorado. The continuity of government would move all the federal government to Colorado in the event that they had to go underground. And that, of course, connects to the uh, Cheyenne Mountain near Colorado Springs. And there's a whole network of dumbs for the continuity of government there, too, including under... Denver International Airport, the creepiest airport in the world, where they're pretty much telling you in plain sight that they have this city underground, but plenty of uh, other eyewitness testimony to the creation of the great big, the biggest dumb that I'm aware of in America underneath Denver International Airport goes down many levels. Yeah, they have another one in uh, the Greenbrier Briar Resort in West Virginia. Yep. So, and that, that was, uh, again, continuity of government as well. So they would just hightail it from, uh, DC and probably have underground, uh, you know, tram systems that, that transport them, I'm sure. Cause there's an underground tram system in, in DC, you know, to transport the, uh, the congressmen and women, uh, around the different, uh, from Congress to the Senate and so forth. So. Uh, that is that is there. Everybody knows about that. Uh, I've done a show on that and describing that. So uh, it's just stands a reason. There's probably a lot more, and people have talked about those things. Yeah, I actually came across the map of the underground system in the greater D.C. area. Wow. Some of them end out of D.C. Yeah, it's in my book, Future Esoteric. One goes to Bethesda, Maryland, where the hospital is. Others go to uh, the Pentagon in Virginia. But largely the 10 square miles of Washington, D.C. is riddled 
with underground stations. And if you've ever been on the regular subway in Washington, D.C., it goes down really deep, like way deeper than any other subway system I've been on. I know. And the yeah. reason thing is, if they did get a nuclear attack on D.C., that you could go down in the subway and uh, probably survive. So it, it's, a, it's a weird place, man. D.C. is just so loaded with cameras and all kinds of cop cars, you know, agencies you've never seen or heard of. But they're everywhere, man. A D.C. is up there with London, England as the most surveilled city in the world. There's just cameras everywhere. My, we were driving around with my friend, and he went through uh, a yellow light turning red. He's like, damn, I'm going to get another ticket in the mail. They do that all the time in D.C. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, uh, we saw that in uh, J6, obviously, where uh, they, they tracked a lot of people down. Uh, so... It's it's very it's very interesting. So let's you want to go into uh, some of the the space stuff now. Uh, I know that you and um, you and Laura Eisenhower talked about that. Now, I think that a lot of the planets have have life on them, and uh, she talked about how you know she was uh, she was almost going to Mars, part of the Mars colony, and so forth. What 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 are you seeing with that? Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Well, as you know, uh, at many of these conferences, I have the great opportunity and honor of being a moderator of these super soldier panels. You've been on some of those yourself. And we talk about the programs and, and how people are regaining their memories. And uh, last I heard, you might be writing a book on your memories coming back on such subjects. So we'd Absolutely. love to publish that with CCC Publishing and yeah. let people know that, that these programs are out there, that the people are being, in some cases, accosted, kidnapped, such as the case of uh, Tony Rodriguez, who did his 20 and back. Uh, and his memories started coming back. I know uh, Captain Randy Kramer mm -hmm. to James Rink to yourself. Uh, I'm going to be moderating a panel at the uh, alien event this weekend in Las Vegas with uh, several of these super soldiers, some that are coming out for the first time publicly like Mary Beaver. And I'll tell you, Michael, when you see these people face to face and often when it's their first time going public, with their account. And they have such an emotional discharge, even to the point of crying or tearing up or shaking from, from the uh, just, just be releasing their own information. I tell you either they're, they are Hollywood A-list actors that can turn on the emotion and the tears, or this is a real phenomenon, but also that their testimony matches up with other people who have been in those programs and that's what I find really amazing when you can have two people that come out of the programs and then they're meeting for the first time and discussing things as matter of factly as they do and comparing their experiences. To me, that's a verification that uh, a lot of this is very much real. These programs are taking place. People are going off planet. Some are recruited like Laura Eisenhower to go to Mars or elsewhere. Uh, and 
I, I can't help but think how many people have signed up or were were brought along in some of these 20 and backs, but maybe never even came back. So the ones who are speaking out against it um, are the lucky ones, really, that they were actually allowed to come back to Earth. Because according to Randy Kramer uh, and several others, many do not come back. You go off planet and you're never coming back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 20 and back program, a lot of people have talked about that over the years. So um, uh, Rodriguez has, has he, he has a, Tony has a really good, um, I remember doing a conference with him in Mount Shasta. He is very compelling in his memories. Uh, I haven't done one to Randy Kramer. He's the shows that I've, I've done with him or I've seen him do are exceptionally compelling as well. Uh, the memories that you see these guys have, like you said, you you couldn't act and, and bring that kind of uh, in, information up. And I think you you even brought up with uh, Tony Rodriguez. He has memories of uh, series, um, and he was talking about you know, some kind of, uh, you know, geological event that was going on there and that it never been revealed before. And then after he talked about it, uh, they came out and said, yeah, that, that is actually true. At first they were like, no, that doesn't exist. And then eventually they were like, oh, actually that is true. Tony came out with his book called Ceres Colony Cavalier, C-E-R-E-S, which is the largest asteroid in the asteroid belt. He says it's hollowed out. They do artificial gravity so people can walk around like they're on Earth. And as he was approaching in a, a shuttlecraft, he saw a giant geyser that was emitting hot water from Ceres. And he wrote about his book. He's been talking about it. And like you said, some years later, it was confirmed with one of the flybys of, of one of these uh, Viking or one of the explorers of the planets that indeed there is this wow. giant guy. So that was kind of a, a proof for Tony Rodriguez to yeah. uh, discuss that. And then later it came out to be true. That's incredible. I, I love to get those confirmations like that. Now, now for me, uh, memories have been coming back because I, I feel that like I've been twinned, uh, actually mm-hmm. tripleted. So uh, I have one that's, that's out in outer space uh, and, and lives off planet and has for, you know, since a little boy. But I, I have like, because it's twin for me, I somehow have memories. I don't know how that works, but I do have memories that come through sometimes. And then I have one that's actually in a uh, under, uh, not underground, but a, uh, a water base. Uh, so under, and I have memories of becoming a merman. So there's there's a um, a chamber, kind of like the uh, the healing chamber, kind of like you saw in um, uh, what's that that one movie. Um, where, where, so, uh, the, when they all become younger. Yeah. Um, it's like the the alien movie where there's like, you know, the guy's in the pod and he's purple or whatever. And, um, avatar. So avatar, remember how he's in that chamber? Uh, I have memories of that. I've talked about that for years and, um, uh, some other people have, have talked about that over time too, but there, my memories are that you go into a chamber and basically you're, you still maintain your legs, but they convert into fins and then you get gills and you have to be in the water and you don't do it for the rest of your life. You usually do it for a period of time, like maybe six months to a year. Uh, women are in the program as well. Uh, 
I have, uh, you know, memories of that swimming. The reason why they do that is protect the craft that come in. Uh, there's docking that goes under the water in these deep, deep, uh, uh, bases. Uh, I have memories of like the, the craft transition, not from seawater into fresh water. So there's like, um, uh, a, like a divide. I don't know how it works, but there's a divide deep on in, in the ocean where craft go through that and they come into fresh water and that's where there's underground cities and so forth. And it actually comes out the other side. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. I have memories of um, like uh, dragons, underwater dragons. They don't have like wings. They have like fins uh, and they have huge tails. And And I have memories of flying dragons in the, the, other, the other side too. So I think they go after people that they know have had uh, multiple simultaneous lifetimes uh, and they kind of target them. And then because you can handle multiple lifetimes at once uh and they basically came in and i agreed to it as a little boy and uh from they wiped my memory after that and so it's uh it's it's very interesting very interesting programs i think ross this is getting your memories back just like uh, almost all the super soldiers i've met it, it is a process but once you open the floodgates it just comes pouring back in and it would also explain your affinity with water. You're such a great yeah. swimmer. Yeah. Remember when we went to that waterfall uh, outside of Shasta? I was amazed how long you could hold your breath and swim underneath. We were joking. Yeah, that's the entrance to Telos under the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come back, Michael. Don't, don't get lost. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's definitely that. And uh, that, that makes sense. Those memories have, have only come back in the last, uh, I'd say, two years. So, uh, you know, uh, I've heard of people that were in those programs, but I'd never heard any details on it. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the details are coming through. So you, uh, you go through that system where your, your legs basically transform and then you're in the program for a while. You work into that, uh, you communicate. So my memories are your eye shifts as well. And you can see like unbelievable in the water. So I, I, I understand now how sharks, I don't, because a lot of people are like, you know, they get vibrations and stuff like that. But my memories are you can see underwater like you can see with the, with the right uh, lens. You can see underwater like we can on, on, the, on the surface uh, in the air. Uh, it's, 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 it's very interesting. And you can, you can be in the dark and, and see uh, as, almost as clear as if it's, if it's you know, light. The colors aren't the same. It's kind of like a opaque looking, but uh, you can see for uh, a great distance uh, without a lot of light. So uh, it's just very interesting. The memories are come, starting to come through. I've heard from many of the super soldiers that they do get enhanced human abilities, such as, as you describe, better eyesight underwater, um, better strength. I mean, this is part of the super soldier training is they want to really make them uh, much stronger and with enhanced abilities than the average human. So they would have that competitive advantage in fighting situations. So I often ask them, you get, you get these uh, incredible abilities through these programs, but they're also sometimes very traumatic experience. And I often ask them on these panels, 
if you could do it all over again and you had the option of not going along with it, but then you wouldn't get these uh, enhanced advantages, would you do it? About a half of them, about 50% say yes and 50% say no. That if if it was really traumatic, uh, they, they would like to not have to do it over again. But some of them are like, yeah, this is amazing. I, I've been improved in so many ways to have gone through these programs and received this part of me that is now part of me. Uh, it's just like if you were, uh, say, you really wanted to be a black belt in karate, you don't just go into a karate studio and put on the robe and a black belt and say, hey, look at me, I'm a black belt. It doesn't work that way. You have to go through the training and the effort to really become that black belt and then it belongs to you it's something that you'll have for the rest of your life and so in the same way that this training and and these abilities have come to many of these super soldiers uh they kind of like that enhancement and also the bionic technology has come a long way it's not the six million dollar man anymore it's really the six billion dollar man oh yeah in some of enhancements that uh, Randy Kramer has talked about, that they can pretty much replace any limb, any body part, and keep these guys going for a long, long time. Even if they've been uh, even killed, they right. can bring them back to the body and then restitch a, a lot of the body parts. And all right, you're back in the field. And so in the case of Randy Kramer, he's like, oh man, how much longer do I got to do this? Because he you do experience pain. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, then you come back and, well, you're back in the battlefield getting blown up again. <laughs> Some of that doesn't sound yeah. too appealing. It, it, you know, and it is, it is like, you know, uh, you know, when my kneecap was shattered, I have that memory, you know, there is, there's still a little bit of, you know, pain occasionally from that. But uh, it's my memories that, that seem to come through. And it's, it's almost like, you know, when you're a teenager or when you're, you know, a young man or whatever, uh, you have, that's a, like a set of memories that you have, uh, but you know, that's a memory. So it's kind of like that with these different lives that are, that are going on. It's almost like that's, that's a separate, complete different memory that's going on. It's not part of me per se. Maybe I get a little bit of influence from that. I think I do, but, um, it's not like I'm living that life simultaneously. It is, that's a separate life. And I, I honor that aspect of myself. And, and, and I like that. I get memories from that now. Uh, at first it used to freak me out really bad, but now I'm like, that's, that's kind of cool. You know, um, you know, I don't, I don't go into the personal aspect of it, uh, cause there is a personal aspect and I don't feel they're getting any of that from me as well. I think they get some, uh, feedback, you know, from me as well. So I think that between all those different um, uh, lives, entities, whatever, uh, that we work together and honor each other and, and help each other, uh, in our different capacities. So it's just, it's interesting that, um, that aspect of it. And I, I'd like to see some other people that have, you know, similar memories. I haven't run across anybody that has that yet. Well, I come across some of them at the, uh, alien event this weekend. I'll, uh, I'll pass their contact info on to you. Maybe you can have them on a show and yeah, even around. That'd be awesome. I think would be fascinating. Yeah. That would be fascinating because, you know, what I, what I found is, you know, by listening to, uh, you know, some of those, some of those super soldiers talk at first I was like, ah, you know, that's, that's, that's out there. I, I don't, I don't know about that. 
but eventually, you know, through Carrie Cassidy, you know, she's the one that really started bringing that out. I felt, um, I started going, well, I, let me listen to this. This guy looks like he might be le- somewhat legit. And then I was, I started listening and I was like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds a little bit far-fetched in some areas, but that sounds really cool. You know, the weapon systems and so forth that they had. And I was like, I could see, you know, things developing along those lines at some point, you know, from, you know, my experience working with, uh, you know, systems that are far more advanced than everybody knows about. So I'm like, that's, that's very interesting. And, and then eventually uh, I started finishing their thoughts before they, they said them. And I'm like, Oh, and then I had some people start to contact me and say, you know, you're a super soldier, right? And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> so, yeah, but kind of, you know, and then eventually I, I, once I started to admit it to myself, uh, then it really started to flow. And then I had past life regressions and I wouldn't say pa- a past life regression, a regression into, uh, that, that type of, uh, stuff. Well, it's interesting. If you think you might have an avatar or a, a yeah. body double, something, it would seem to me that you would have a memory, vice versa, that they can think of your life down here on Earth if yeah. they're off planet and you being able to visualize what they're going through out there. That's what they say with, uh, with the cloning technology, that uh, when somebody is cloned, that their memory is given over to, to that second, third, or fourth clone. They're not quite the same person, but they can speak the same way. They have the same memories. But when the host dies, the clones start to break down very quickly. Maybe that's what we're seeing with this uh, fake President Biden tripping down the stairs and stuff. That his clone's starting to break down. Apparently, he's been dead for a couple of years now. But they have to prop him up because they've created this scenario where this guy is still president and of the bankrupt corporation. And they got to play it through at this point, so they keep propping them up. But uh, in the same vein, you may have the memories of of a body double out there somewhere too. So if you can tap into those memories, Michael, I think that would be a very fascinating book and account that you could bring out. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds uh, interesting. So I don't know if you've seen that uh, Netflix show with uh, Jamie Fox. It's a uh, they cl- they clone Tyrone. Uh, it's, I think it's kind of a reveal. Uh, there's underground bases and they have clones and they're like, you know, there's like this community on the surface, uh, this black community and they're puppeting them. They go and eat, uh, fried chicken and they get all like happy and stuff (laughs) because they're drugging them and they're, they're monitoring them. There's cameras everywhere. Kind of like Washington DC, like we talked about. Uh, they're monitoring them and they're like, you know, inputting them. They got like this religious leader that's, you know, he's in on the take too, and he stimulates them to go a certain way. And, uh, so it's, 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 it's fascinating. Uh, but there's one character in there. I don't want to give away the whole show if you haven't seen it yet, but there's one character in there that they clone them several times and he finally figures it out and he kind of works it. He works it against them and, and kind of breaks down one of their underground systems. And they're kind of like, you know, CIA, you know, lab tech guy, type guys, you know. And, uh, you know, they're using music to stimulate guys. You know, they, they play certain soundtracks and everybody's fighting and then another soundtrack and everybody's hugging. So it's 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 a total reveal movie. It's, it's amazing. But this one guy, he basically, he discovers it. He has all the memories uh, and... And he's in this one community and then they flash to 
this same guy getting up is almost like, well, what happened? You know, did he, did they like put him back to sleep? Did they wipe him again? And so he's walking through his neighborhood. It's almost the same. And then you start to see little differences. Like the one guy is like, he's got a different look that he talks to this. That's the alcoholic at the outside the liquor store. Gives him a little, little, little bit, but he's a little different. He's like, what? And then he goes home and he's hanging out with his homies. And they're all like, you know, uh, there's like this news uh, broadcast where they they basically discover this underground facility. There's people walking around. And, and so they see him in that other community. Oh, it's wow. the same guy. And hmm. and he's talking and all of his all of his homies like stop and they look at him like. That's you. And he's like. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a possibility, you know, that, you know, there's uh, maybe many of us have, uh, you know, clones going on out there doing different things. I've heard a weird of things, Michael. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> put it past. Well, look. like, well, like what? Let's, let's, let, what do you, what's, what's weirder? I know you're at all these conferences and you're, you're like usually <laughs> the guy that's uh, doing the round tables, uh, leading the round tables. So yeah, you definitely have uh, heard and seen some pretty outlandish stuff. Yeah. And you know, of course we've got to put our BS meter on too, but sure. for the most part, when you're, when you're in the company of people and you can look them in the eye and you can tell if they're having an emotional discharge, for example, you can pretty much tell if, if they're telling the truth or not. But as far as cloning goes, look, Dolly the sheep was a big news story in the late 1980s when they cloned a sheep. You don't think they're doing that with humans? I mean, come on. This is technology. Oh, sheep. Yeah. Yeah, hello, sheep. <laughs> we got a whole population full. <laughs> Yeah, and you know we've heard stories of like Detroit is full of uh, um, what they call them NPCs, non-player candidates, or you know, uh, and some of these cities I think are full of people, and uh, it could be a very, very high percentage. Um, and I've run across some of these people. <laughs> Wild. I was in uh, South America with Nassim Harriman. We we were part of a big group tour, 150 people in our group. And um, somebody said, you should, you should ask Nassim about his experience in an underground base in Bulgaria. Wow. So I uh, had an opportunity to, uh, to walk alone with uh, Nassim. And I said, hey, uh, what was going on in Bulgaria that uh, you had a, an experience with clones? And he says, oh, yeah, I, I, was in, I was given an opportunity to tour a genetic laboratory underground in Bulgaria. And while I was there in this big laboratory setting, eight identical men walked out. They were even wearing the same kind of jumpsuit, but to a T, they were absolutely identical. As far as I know, uh, well, there was the Octomom that had eight babies, but they weren't identical twins like this. Yeah. And he said that he was even told that, that here's uh, an example of our cloning technology. And this is about 20 years ago. Then I... Sim's a very reputable guy. I have no doubt that uh, what he was saying is what he really saw. Yeah, so it kind of begs to uh, ask that question. If that's the case, why is the Biden clone so bad? So if they get... Dead. 
Yeah. And if the host is dead, they break down pretty quickly and, and start that, to. That could be, yeah. That's that's uh, what we hear. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's pretty pretty impressive. So, and Brad, I got another show. I got, I got Santa Claus. It's Santa Jerry that's coming on. Uh, he's basically going to get all the Santa Clauses and uh, they're going to like do, uh, they're going to focus on love and uh, so forth because we know that, you know, Christmas kind of compromised. So, uh, and uh, they're trying to, uh, you know, take it back and make it a, a, a more, uh, you know, Jesus centered and love centered uh, type of, uh, you know, event instead of what it what it's turned out to be a materialistic um, bullshit show. <laughs> No evil Santas this time. We're That's right. That. Yeah. <laughs> come, come sit on my lap, little girl. No, none of that. So um, the good stuff. So how can people uh, reach you, Brad? Yeah. If you want to know about my conference schedule and other projects I'm up to, go to bradolson.com. If you want to read any of my books or Michael Jaco's books, go to cccpublishing.com. That's my publishing website. And if they're my books, I'm able to sign copies for people. Uh, out the door, got a bunch of orders for Intuitive Warrior and Awakening of a Warrior uh, last week while I was at Burning Man. So I think you must have uh, promoted it on your channel because, uh, yeah, it's great that people are turning on to your work. And Awakening of a Warrior is such an incredible book. I highly recommend it for people to get an alternative view of history in ancient times through the eyes of Michael Jaco. It's mm -hmm. really an incredible account. And, uh, Highly recommended reading. So yeah. check out cccpublishing.com, get a copy of that, and uh, any of my books or other authors too, Leo Lyonzagami and uh, soon to be Laura Eisenhower. So uh, yeah, that's great. She's so been working on her book a long time, finally got her got her moving. Good job. So that, that's going to be an incredible book. Always get them done. Yep. <laughs> now we got to get number book through number three from Michael Jaco. We'll have Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I have so many books in me. Yeah, it's, it's, I'd like to just sit down and just start pouring them out. It'd be great. Do it. I know. I'm going to do it. All right. All right, Brad. It's always a, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, great cheer. Thanks a lot. Hey, you bet, Michael. Thanks for having me on, and always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time. Stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.